Today we continue in our series called Scandal. Uh, And what we've been looking at up to this point is the the greatest scandal that has ever taken place, and that is the scandal that put our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to death. And today we're going to look at a trial. And what we're going to see in this trial, this court case, is a, a judge without a spine. He's a spineless judge. We're going to see a bloodthirsty crowd uh, and an innocent man's life on the line. And a decision is going to have to be made. But before we get into it, uh, I want you to consider all of the decisions that you make in your life. Maybe not... Your life is a, a, a lot. Let's just say in one single day, all the decisions that you make. Some are small. Some are big, right? You have to decide what you're going to wear today, what you're going to wear tomorrow. You're going to decide what to watch. You're going to decide what to read, what to look up online. You're going to decide what to eat. These are all decisions that we make. But sometimes we make bigger decisions. Sometimes we make decisions uh, uh, who to marry, when to get married, what college to attend, which job offer to accept. Uh, we, We decide... What city to live in? These are big-time decisions. But all those decisions that we just talked about, they really only affect us, right? There's some impact on some others around us, but majority, it's us whom those decisions impact. But have you ever been the victim of somebody else's decisions? Maybe good, maybe bad. Maybe this year the boss, because uh, he got a huge tax break, uh, decided to give out a bunch of bonuses. Bigger bonuses than normal. That, that impact was good for you. Maybe you got pulled over and the police officer decided that he'd just give you a warning. That's a good decision in your, for you. Good impact on your life. But maybe there's some decisions that have been made by other people that uh, weren't so good for you. Maybe despite having uh, top grades, the university didn't let you into their program. Maybe despite being the most qualified, the boss went with another candidate. Maybe someone decided to text and drive and ran into you. Maybe, maybe your kid, your child, decided to not want to listen that day and it made for a very long day because of their decisions. We all have been victims of good decisions and bad decisions. And today, we are going to look at a decision that has huge impact on your life. It's a decision of life and death, not just for the person on trial, not just for Jesus, but for you and for me. We continue walking through the book of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 27 today. Uh, And if you remember from last week, we ended with Jesus being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. The chief priests, the elders of the Jewish people, came and they arrested Jesus around midnight, uh, Thursday night into Friday morning. And they led Jesus to the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish ruling council. And it was made up of 70 men, and they were in charge of the political and, and the religious aspect of the people. And they led Jesus to them, who decided that Jesus deserved death for blasphemy, claiming to be God. The only problem? The Jewish people had no authority to put someone to death legally. And so they had to get a Roman governor to condemn Jesus to death and and actually uh, order it to execute him. 
Uh, remember, Rome was the, the head empire at the time. They, they pretty much owned all the known world. And so at that time in Jerusalem, the governor of the area was a governor by the name of Pontius Pilate. And so the Jewish people, who have already condemned Jesus to death for blasphemy, lead Jesus to Pontius Pilate in the middle of the night. And they put him on trial. And here's what happens. Matthew chapter 27. <coughs> Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Imagine the scene here. You've got Pontius Pilate, the governor, sitting on his judge's seat. You've got Jesus standing next to him, bound, bloody, because he's been beaten by the Jewish people. And the Jewish people are standing below, accusing Jesus of all of these crimes falsely. You see, it wasn't enough for the Roman government to put Jesus to death for blasphemy, because the Romans had many gods. You wanted to claim to be a, you wanted to claim to be a god. Big deal to them. They had many gods. That wasn't worthy of death. And so the Jewish people needed to find a way to get Jesus to be put to death. And so they start falsely accusing him of all these crimes, including uh, being an insurrectionist, trying to overthrow the Roman government. And after all of these accusations, over and over and over, it finally goes silent. All eyes turn to Jesus as the people and Pontius Pilate are waiting for Jesus to make a rebuttal, to defend himself. But it's silent. Jesus just stares at the ground. And finally the silence is broken by Pilate as he says, Don't you hear the testimony they're bringing against you? These are serious charges, Jesus. In other words, why aren't you responding? What do you have to say? You see, the thing is, Pilate knew Jesus was innocent. We hear from the other uh, Gospels, the other books about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that, that Pilate had cross-examined him and he knew that Jesus was innocent. And yet, Pilate didn't want to make the decision. So he says, Jesus, what do you have to say for yourself? The reason Pilate didn't want to make the decision is because he knew that Jesus was innocent, and yet he knew that if he judged and decided that Jesus was innocent, the Jewish people would riot. And that wouldn't be good for Pilate politically. The Roman government would say, Pilate, you can't handle these people? We'll give your governing position to somebody else. And so he didn't want to make the decision that had to be made, and that was that Jesus is innocent. And so Pilate comes up with a great plan. So he thinks. He decides he's going to let the people decide. He's got to make the Jewish people decide that this is the right decision, that Jesus is innocent. And so here's what he did. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they handed Jesus over to him. 
Pilate says, I know what's going to make the people decide to let Jesus go. I'm going to present to them that they can release Jesus or a prisoner. And Pilate picks one of the worst prisoners uh, in town, Jesus Barabbas. And it's an interesting choice because you have Jesus Barabbas and Jesus, the one called the Messiah, standing side by side. Barabbas is an Aramaic name. Two words put together. Bar, which means son. Abba, which means father. And so here you have Jesus, son of a father, standing next to Jesus the Messiah, the son of the father. What do we know from other parts of Scripture? Barabbas was in prison for being an insurrectionist, murder, being a thief and head of thieves, like a head mobster. He was a menace to society and deserved to be in prison. He deserved the death penalty. He was caught in the action of murder. And there's Jesus, who's been accused of being an insurrectionist, has shown nothing but love, nothing but peace, And these are the two that the people have to decide between. Jesus, son of a father. Jesus, son of the father. And Pilate thinks this is a great idea. The people will not... They they will have no choice but to choose Jesus, the Messiah. That they should let Him go. And while the Jewish people are deciding what to do, an interesting side conversation happens. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man. For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. You wonder if Pilate all of a sudden said, "Uh Uh-oh. There's something more to this Jesus Messiah than I originally thought. But by that time, Pilate was in over his head. The Jewish people came back with their decision. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Pilate did not expect this to happen. The crowd picks Barabbas. He even knows that Jesus is innocent. Look, he says, what crime has he committed? He hasn't done anything. Why would I I sentence him to death? Barabbas is a well-known sinner. Barabbas is a well-known criminal. Barabbas deserves the death penalty. Jesus is innocent and Pilate knows it. But Pilate's afraid of the crowd. He's afraid of losing his seat. And he's afraid of a riot. And so here's what Pilate decided. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged, whipped, and handed over to be crucified. If you're following along in your worship folder, here's your first point. Pilate condemned the innocent and let the guilty walk. Pilate condemned the innocent and he let the guilty walk. 
This decision that Pilate made had a huge impact on Jesus, didn't it? The innocent Son of God was now going to die. One of the most humiliating and one of the most uh, painful deaths. And it also had a huge impact on Barabbas. Someone who deserved to die, someone who was on death row, has now been, been declared innocent by the judge and by the people. He gets to walk free and live as a, a free man, walking the streets of Jerusalem. It's outrageous, isn't it? It's a decision that, that, that makes your blood boil. Any decision that, that has the innocent uh, take the place of the guilty makes our blood boil. That's why you get so upset when your kids get in trouble at school. Because they're probably innocent in your eyes. And yet that's what we see here. The innocent gets the guilty's uh, punishment. And the guilty walk free. Let me ask you, what decision would you have made? How would you have judged? You might be sitting there thinking, that's an easy one. I would have picked Jesus to let go free and Barabbas die. Uh, That is the obvious answer. The innocent should go free. But let's change the person. What if it was Jesus and your son? Your daughter? Your grandma, grandpa, your mom, dad? Then who do you pick? Jesus, the innocent, or your loved one? Who gets condemned? Let's change it one more time. What if it's Jesus and you? You know Jesus is innocent. Do you still release Him and condemn yourself or do you condemn Jesus and let you walk? You see, the, the, the reason we get so outraged is because we don't view ourselves as Barabbas, right? Those scenarios between us and Jesus or a loved one and Jesus, that seems different than if it was Jesus versus Barabbas because we're not like Barabbas. Barabbas is a caught murderer. He is a head thief. We aren't. And so it's different. Yes, we know that we've done bad things. Yes, we know that Jesus had to die for our sins. But that makes sense. Who wouldn't want, why wouldn't Jesus want to die for us? We're not that bad. Raise your hand if you've seen The Hunger Games or read the books. So The Hunger Games uh, is a story of futuristic America. Uh, America, as we know it, is gone. It's split up into 12 districts. And once a year, they have what's known as the Hunger Games, where one child or teen is randomly picked to participate in the Hunger Games. And that wasn't a good thing, uh, because these 12 children or teens get put in an arena, and they fight it out to the death. And so only one lives. And so if you get chosen, you've got a pretty high chance of dying. In the opening chapter of the book, uh, a sweet little innocent girl named Primrose Everdeen gets chosen to participate in the Hunger Games. She's the nicest little girl in town. Everybody loves Prim. And so as the authorities are leading her away, her older sister Katniss raises her hand and says, I volunteer to go for her. I will take her place. Of course she would. 
Prim is so innocent, and everybody loves Prim. It makes sense. And that's how we view ourselves. We view ourselves as Prim. And Jesus is our big brother who chose to to substitute himself for us. And it makes sense because we're sweet, we're innocent. Yeah, we do some bad things. Yeah, we can be annoying at times. But overall, we're pretty good people. Of course Jesus would want to substitute himself for us. And what does that do? It puts us over here with Jesus and people like Barabbas over there and we point our fingers at them and we judge them and we say, Jesus shouldn't have to die for them. But here is the truth. It's your second point today. In God's eyes, we are all Barabbas. In God's eyes, we are all Barabbas. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Anytime we sin... We know what the king says. We know what God the king says. And we say, I don't care what the king says. I'm going to overthrow him and do what I want. Insurrectionist. How often don't we steal glory that belongs to God alone and we steal it from him and take it for ourselves? And you want to talk about uh, the head of thieves, a head mobster, so to speak? We raise our kids and we raise kids who grow up to steal glory from God the same way we steal glory from God. We may not intentionally do it, but we do it because we're sinful. We are all Barabbas. And did you see how Paul uh, talked about it in our Scripture reading today? Here's how Paul put it. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. But for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul draws a contrast, doesn't he? He says, someone might possibly dare to die for a righteous person, a good person. But we weren't that. We were still sinners. Not righteous, not good. Sinners. Barabbas is in God's eyes. This is who we are. And you might be thinking to yourself, we get it, Stephen. Man, we're not good. Lay off. Give us a break. But this is extremely important to understand, isn't it? Because unless if we understand the depth of our sin... Unless if we understand how sinful we actually are, we will never appreciate the depth of God's love for us. The depth of His love that condemned His own Son so that we can walk free. And that's your last point today. God loved you so much, He decided to condemn His own Son and let you walk. Incredible, incredible love from God. What do we see with Jesus and Barabbas? We see a a, a great exchange, a great trade, don't we? Jesus, the innocent Son of God, who deserves to live an innocent free man's life, 
takes on Barabbas' sins, takes Barabbas' punishment. And in return, what does Jesus give to Barabbas? His innocence and the declaration that he gets to live like a free man. What happened with Barabbas and Jesus physically is what happened with you and Jesus spiritually. It's as if we were on trial before God and God is sitting there reading each and every one of our sins, just reading down the list from our whole life. And He finally gets to the end and Jesus stands next to us and He says, I'm guilty of all of those. And God the Father says, Well then you, my son, I condemn to death. And then God turns His attention to us and He says, And you, Stephen Apt, I declare you innocent of all charges. Go and walk the streets as a free man. In this decision that Pilate made, there was a heavenly decision being made. And that heavenly decision was to condemn his own son, God's own son, so that you and I can walk free. And so when Jesus went to the cross, he paid the punishment for each and every one of your sins so that you don't get what your sins deserve. You get what you don't deserve, and that is grace. God's unconditional, undeserved love and forgiveness. And that's what you are. Declared innocent in God's sight because of Jesus. Because He condemned His own Son so that you can walk. During this time of the year, as we're getting closer and closer to Good Friday, uh, and we start to realize what actually happened with Jesus, uh, we can have a couple different emotions. We can either pity Jesus for everything He had to go through. We can feel guilty because of our sins, and it was my sins that put Him there. We can feel sorry for Him. Or it can all just stay up here, and we know it intellectually, but that's where it stays. It doesn't touch our heart. And so I want to challenge you for the next two weeks, and actually beyond, but especially for the next two weeks, let's not pity Jesus. Let's not feel bad for Him. Because that's not what Jesus wants. What He wants is for you to know the love of God. What kind of love must God have for you that He willingly condemned His own Son to have a relationship with you? Uh, the, holy, the holy, perfect God who has all power, all wisdom, all control, loves you so much, wants a relationship with you so much, that He condemned His own innocent Son so that He could have a relationship with you. What kind of love must Jesus have for you? That He willingly took this on. He did it because He wants you to have the same relationship that He has with the Father. One of love and unity. That's what He wants for you. What amazing love our Father has for us. And so every day, stop and consider this. Stop and meditate and just think about the holy, perfect God and the love that He must have for us. One that condemned His Son that we might be declared innocent and we can walk the streets as a free man until we walk forever in the streets of heaven hand in hand with our God. May God be with you this week as you continue to grow in this love, as you continue to be secure in this love and rest knowing that His love will never end.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what an amazing uh, gift You have given us. Uh, the, the decision to condemn Your own Son that we may walk free as free people in the streets here and, and one day forever in the streets of heaven. We thank You for Your love and Your forgiveness through Jesus. Jesus, we thank You for willingly taking our punishment and going to the cross that we may be secure in Your forgiveness and Your love. Help us to grow in that love every single day of our lives. Amen.